Hey, this is Graham, and I'm so pumped you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Grace community, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on social media at the Grace AG on all social outlets. But the best way to connect is to join our online campus at live.graceassembly.org. Here, you can create a profile and engage and connect with other Grace members all around the world. So we hope today's message encourages and challenges you. Let's jump right in. Hey, today we're beginning a brand new series called Fixer Upper. And this is something I've been praying about and working on for a long, long time. Anybody a fan of the show Fixer Upper on HG? Yeah, we got a few fans around here. By the way, it smells like paint up here. That smells good. Fixer Upper is a home renovation show on HGTV, and it stars Chip and Joanna Gaines. And for the last five years, they have become quite famous. And uh, uh, they are, by the way, they're followers of Jesus, regular part of their church and their community. And their show and their relationship has been an inspiration to a lot of people. And uh, it's, it's blossomed into this uh, mega market of, of business. And what they do is they take uh, the worst home in the best neighborhood they fix it up and turn it into somebody's dream home, and their company's called Magnolia, uh, Magnolia, and there's all kinds of different things. And so every Sunday during this series, we're going to be giving away stuff from Magnolia Market. This is direct from Magnolia Market. Matter of fact, today in this service, a guy is going to receive a copy of the book by Chip Gaines called Capital Gains, and then a woman is going to receive this, this basket, you know. <laughs> It's called a Troy basket. I'm not even sure what that means. You know, you shouldn't be taking baskets home with the names of a guy. I'm just saying, whatever a Troy basket is. And so uh, the way you qualify for that is you fill out the connection card. That's why Pastor Matias said you're going to want to fill that out. Now, on Mother's Day, when this series wraps up, somebody's going to win a trip to Waco, Texas for you and a friend. And so uh, you say, how do I qualify for that? Well, every time you turn in a connection card that is completely filled out, you qualify. So if you come all six weeks of the series and you put in a connection card, you got six chances to win. And I already know there have been some serious prayer meetings that have already began for people to win that particular. We'll see how good your prayer life is. Come on, somebody. All right. Now, okay, Pastor, what's this series about? Well, it's not about fixing up your home. This series is about relationships, and I want to pull a quote from uh, Chip Gaines' book uh, to help us understand this. He says, as for me, all I've ever wanted, when you get right down to it, is to change the world. I don't literally mean the whole wide world. That, wouldn't, that would be nice, I guess, but what I really care about is changing the world around me. This means pouring into the lives of my wife and my kids my employees, my friends, and my acquaintances. That's the ripple effect I've always hoped to put into motion. Now, let me know what Chip is saying is that it's not about the condition of your house. Life is about the condition of your relationships. He says, if you want to change your world, invest in relationships, in your family, in the people around you, the people that you work with, the people that you go to school with. Now, I know uh, when we started promoting this series, there's probably some men that are saying, okay, pastor, okay, for the next six weeks, you're going to talk about marriage, right? 
Well, people who are married are going to benefit a lot from this, but this is for everybody because how many know everybody has relationships? You have relationships at home. You have relationships at work. You have friendships. You have neighbors, right? Any person that you interact with, you have a relationship with. And so what we're going to do is talk about relationships. And how many know everybody can improve their relationships? Matter of fact, this is my first thought for the day. Every relationship is a fixer-upper. Every relationship is a fixer-upper. That means every relationship we have could use some improvement. Now, I know that there's this myth that some people have it all together. But I love what my friend Rick Warren says. He says, the people you think have it all together are just the people you don't know well enough. Come on, somebody. There's a lot of people that look like on the outside that everything's together. But listen, everybody's got some stuff, including me. I'm raising my hand. Everybody's got some relationships that need some improvement, including us. And so what I want us to do is I want us to imagine that just like a home uh, that is renovated and fixed up to become a dream home, like this picture on the screen behind me, uh, we, our relationships can be renovated and can be remodeled to go from something that's run down or neglected into something that looks great, okay? Let me make a couple analogies for you, okay? First of all, relationships take work. Relationships take work. Now, how many know if you own a home, there is constantly something that needs your attention? A furnace filter needs replaced, something needs painted, an appliance needs repaired. There's something that always needs your attention. It takes constant attention. You know, we can't just say, well, okay, this relationship's good, so I'm just going to just let it be. It's kind of like the guy who, you know, had been married for many, many years, and his wife said, hey, why don't you ever tell me you love me? And he says, well, baby, I told you I love you on our wedding day. If anything changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> How many know that, that guy needs to be here at this series here today? Listen, uh, for many of us, if we're honest, one of the reasons our relationships are in the state that they are is simply because of neglect. And I want to show you here today and for these next few weeks that relationships, healthy, godly relationships take work. Okay? Secondly, just like a house, good relationships need quality materials. Just like a house, good relationships need quality materials. I remember uh, when Trace and I first moved to this area <coughs> long time ago, we purchased a fixer-upper. We knocked down a wall because the bedroom was too small, and, and so my dad helped me, and, and we renovated some stuff. And I remember going to the store, and I bought the cheapest paint I could find. And after the fifth coat, my dad said, Wayne, don't buy cheap paint. He goes, it's worth it to buy the good stuff. I'm like, Yes, sir. I learned my lesson. Listen, good relationships need quality materials. And so what that means is, just like a house, we're not, gonna use, we're not just going to use uh, advice that I found on the internet on Saturday night. You know what we're going to use here in this series? We're going to use the Bible. The Bible is going to be the stuff that we're going to use to fix up our relationships. Because how many know the Bible is the best relationship book there is? Now, one more thing. Just like a house... We're going to go one room at a time. If you're going to renovate a house, it's not going to happen overnight. 
You've got to start with one room at a time. You can start with, the, start with this and then go to that room and that room and, and then uh, on and on. You can't do everything at once. And how many know your relationships aren't going to change overnight either? And so what we're going to do in this series is every week we're going to go one room at a time and we're going to talk about one different aspect of relationships, a principle from the Bible about relationships. And we're believing that over the next six weeks on Mother's Day, everybody's going to get to unveil their dream home. All right? Anybody believe that's possible? Now, what I'm trying to tell you is there are no shortcuts to healthy relationships. Don't buy the cheap paint. Let's get the good stuff, God's Word, put it into place, and watch God's Word work in every relationship in our lives. And so each week, I want you to join us. We're going to go room by room. Today, we're going to talk about the foundation, which by now you've guessed is honor, and then next week, we're going to talk about the basement. How many know there's some stuff in our basements that we keep hidden? We got to clean out the basement. We got to let some stuff go. We're going to talk about forgiveness. The bedroom, we're going to talk about purity. Say, Pastor, why are we going to talk about purity? Because sexual purity affects every relationship you have. We're going to talk about the kitchen and uh, have some conflict. Right here on the stage, we're going to have conflict. We're going to talk about how to fight fair. The garage is about your stuff. How many know sometimes stuff gets in the way of your relationships? And then on Mother's Day, how to have a dream home. Now, uh, the fixer-upper show always ends with the big reveal. And Joanna always says, y'all ready to see your fixer-upper? You know? And they pull, the, you know, they pull those things aside. And everybody's like, oh. That's my vision for Mother's Day. <laughs> All right? <laughs> you know? Boom, there it is. You know, and I hope it was, oh, that's awesome. Not just the person who wins a trip to Waco, right? Right? Now, so today, let's start with the foundation, okay? Let's start with the foundation. When, when you buy a home, if you've ever purchased a home, you know that one of the first things that you do is you order an inspection. And the inspector comes and he looks at everything in the house. One of the things that he'll look at is he'll look at very closely, is the foundation of a home. Now, why does he look at that? Well, because everything is built on top of the foundation. And, and you could spend thousands of dollars, even hundreds of thousands of dollars, building stuff and renovating stuff on top of the foundation. But if the foundation isn't strong, or it's weak, or damaged in some way, your investment will be lost, Right? And so we've got to make sure our foundation is strong. And so I want you to write this down on your notes. Honor is the foundation of every relationship. Honor is the foundation of every relationship in your marriage. It's the foundation of your relationship with your kids, kids with your parents. Honor is the foundation of every healthy friendship. Honor is the foundation of your relationships at work. Right And the people that you spend time with. And here's our theme verse uh, for this message. The scripture says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. And let's say this last part together. Would you help me? Honor one another above yourselves. Can we say that again? Honor one another above yourselves. So the scripture makes it a command that we're supposed to honor one another. First Peter says we're supposed to honor everybody, by the way. So what does that mean to honor? Well, the word honor means to place value on something. 
It means that something is valuable to you, to, to hold in high respect, to esteem. A, a place, if, if something has a place of honor or someone has a place of honor in your life, it's a place, it's something that's valued. And how many know whatever you value gets protected? You ever, uh, you ever traveled maybe through a big city, let's say New York City, or, 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 or if you've been overseas? If you're walking through one of those crowded markets, anybody know what I'm talking about? A lot of times you'll put your hand on your wallet, right? I'm trying to protect what's valuable to me. If you travel, sometimes uh, you'll see that there's a safe in your hotel room for your valuables. So you want to protect what is of value to you. And so that's what we need to do with our relationships. Whatever we, we honor, we value. Are you getting this today? Now, in the show, Chip and Joanna always help a couple find a home that needs repair. Joanna does the, the design of, of the renovation, and then Chip comes in, and Chip's favorite day is demo day, right? He loves to, you know, just to tear stuff down. Now, when it comes to honor in our relationships, there is something that we need to demo in every relationship. And what we need to demo is dishonor. If you're going to have a healthy relationship, you got to remove dishonor from all of those relationships. Come on, somebody. Dishonor is the opposite of honor. It's taking something lightly. It's to treat something as common or ordinary or to devalue. Now, you're going to see in a moment that the biblical word for honor means weightiness. You know, think about a person of honor. Has, that person carries a lot of weight, a lot of influence. It's something of value. So to dishonor means to treat something lightly or to take someone lightly, not giving them the respect that they deserve. Now, how many would agree we live in a culture of dishonor? Our culture is filled with, with dishonor. We dishonor one another with our words and our actions and our attitudes, right? Uh, we live in a culture of disrespect. Matter of fact, in our culture, I think it's a, it's a sporting event to belittle one another, to tear down one another's opinions. You know, Republicans are tearing down Democrats. Democrats are tearing down Republicans. We, we dishonor one another based on creeds and, and, and religions and, and races, because we're better than the next person. Our ideas are better than yours. Come on, somebody. And so if we're going to have a culture of honor in our relationships, we have to push back and demo dishonor in our culture. Come on, somebody, right? Because what happens is over time in our relationships, we tend to take those things that were once precious to us, and then we start to treat them as common now, one of the ways that this happens is in marriage. I heard an illustration years ago about the six stages of a cold in marriage. Year number one, sugar dumpling. I'm really worried about you, baby girl. You got a bad sniffle, and there's no telling about the things that's going around. So I'm putting you in the hospital this afternoon so you can get some rests. And I know the food in the hospital is not that great, so I'll be cooking you food and bringing it to you. That's the first year. Can I get a witness in the house of God? Second year of a cold in marriage. Listen, darling, I don't like the sound of that cough, so I've called the doctor to come over here. Now get some rest. Third year. Maybe you better lie down, honey. Nothing like a little rest when you feel bad. I'll bring you something. We got any canned soup around here? 
fourth year. Look, dear, be sensible. After you fed the kids and got the dishes done, go lay down. Fifth year, not feeling good? Take a couple of aspirin. It'll be all right. Sixth year, why don't you just gargle something instead of sitting around barking like a seal? Seventh year, for Pete's sake, stop sneezing. You're trying to give me pneumonia? <laughs> now, how many of you have heard the term familiarity brings contempt or breeds contempt? Now, I want you to think about this for a second. Familiarity breeds contempt. The root word of familiarity is family. I think one of the places that we most often take people for granted is in our homes. And uh, the home is probably the most common place where we treat one another with dishonor. Now, why is that? Well, because we know them best. We've heard them belch. We've heard other noises coming from them, right? We've seen them get angry. We've heard them say things that they shouldn't have, have said, right? And, and if we're not careful, we can devalue our most important relationships at home and treat them as ordinary when, in fact, those are the most important relationships we have, okay? So if honor is the foundation of every healthy relationship, how do we show honor? Let me give you a couple things. First of all, you honor people with your words, Honor people with your words. How many know honor is a language? Uh, we need to speak the language of honor. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4, and by the way, I think this one verse, just obeying this one verse will change everybody's relationship. See, Pastor, this is really too complicated. Let me make it simple for you. Memorize Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, and do it. Everything will change in your life. Pastor, that must be a really good verse. Oh, yeah, watch this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. Remember, we're, per we're preferring somebody above ourselves. That's what honor is. Building others up according to their needs, right? That it may benefit them those who listen, and don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Now let's stop right there for a second and let's recognize what the Bible says, that when we speak words of dishonor to one another, we're not just grieving that person. The Bible says we grieve the Holy Spirit when we speak words of dishonor. Our words either honor or dishonor. There is no neutral ground. Everything coming out of your mouth is either building somebody up or tearing somebody down. And we've got to decide, I'm not going to speak with dishonor at my house, at work, where I go to school. I'm not going to get in a slam fest. I'm not going to feel like I have to cut somebody down on social media because I don't agree with what they have to say. I'm not going to join in with everybody else at work when they are taking down the boss with their mouth. Mouth. Come on, somebody. See, I, but again, I think that, that dishonor happens most in the home. It, it's just so easy to get caught up in this culture of, of dishonor. I, I heard about a man and a woman, you know, they'd been married for a long time, and, and they just really got in the bad habit of, of dishonoring one another, and so they're just driving down the road, and it's really quiet. Driving, driving, driving. Man looks over, and he sees this uh, farmer with a bunch of pigs. He looks at his wife and says, relatives of yours? 
She says, yep, in-laws. <laughs> Guys, how many know you're not ready for that fight? Come on, somebody. You, you're just not ready. You're not ready for that fight. James chapter 3, verse 9. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. The Scripture makes it very clear. Listen, the Bible says that our words create life and death. And so dishonoring words are like a hammer that just kind of chips away at the foundation of our relationships, you know, when we, when we, when we say words of, of dishonor. Now, the problem is there are some words that are so dishonoring, it's like taking a sledgehammer to the foundation of your relationship. This last week, our entire staff is going through the Freedom Curriculum, the Freedom Group. I hope everybody's going through the Freedom Group at some time. And we went through, we learned about some of the phrases that are really devastating to our relationships. Phrases like, I hate you. I wish you'd never been born. You know what? You're a failure. I'm tired of you. I want a divorce. You're a mistake. You know what happens when we, we don't think words matter. But this is what dishonoring words are doing to our relationships. It's destroying the very foundation of our interaction with people. When we gossip, when we criticize, when we compare and complain, about the people in our lives, this is what we're doing. So instead, the Bible says, don't do that. Instead, speak words of life. Speak words of honor. I want you to close your eyes for just a second. I want you to listen to these words I'm about to say. Words of honor. I love you. You're a blessing in my life. I appreciate you. You're very thoughtful. You can do it. I forgive you. I'm committed to you. My life is better because of you. Now look at me. How many know that feels different than this? And the Bible says we get to choose the words that we speak. But why is it so, so much easier to speak words of dishonor than words of honor? Chip makes this observation in his book. He says, I'm convinced that seeing the bad in the world and in people isn't difficult or wise or insightful. It's just lazy. Finding the good in every scenario typically takes a lot more work, but the rewards of peace and joy and hope are so worth the effort. And everybody said amen. amen. We honor people with our words. Another way that we honor people is with our actions. We honor people with our actions. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, 
Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. This is our theme verse. Honor one another above yourselves. So in this verse, it tells us how to honor other people. It says, put them above you. You first. You before me. Now, in this verse, we see the problem in our culture. Our culture is all about me. Me first. My feelings first. My goals first. God says you honor people by putting people in front of you. Are you getting this today? This is so important. Honoring means putting them above yourself. And so it's about being selfless. And let's be honest, most of our problems in our relationships is because we're selfish. It's about me. It's about what I can get out of this relationship. And the word of God says, if you want to have a strong relationship, you got to learn to honor other people and put them above yourself. So what are some ways that we can honor people with our actions? Let me give you just a few. I think the very first one is really simple. we got to learn to listen to people. we got to learn to give them our face. Give people your attention. Think about in the military. When somebody is honoring a, 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 a commanding officer or somebody who outranks them, they give them attention. Right? What are you doing? You are paying attention. That's what it means to honor people. So the act of listening is an act of honor because I'm giving you the opportunity to speak without me sharing my opinion. Again, let's be honest. In our culture, in our talk show culture, most of us are just waiting for the person to be done so that we can insert our opinion. That's not listening. It is selfless to listen to somebody else. I always tell my boys, look people in the eye when you're talking to them. That's a sign of respect. That is a sign of honor. Now, again, I think if we're honest, one of the ways that we disrespect people the most, and I think we don't even realize it, is with these things right here. It's about to get real, isn't it? Let's say you had a meeting with the governor tomorrow. You show up at the governor. He gives you 20 minutes in his office. Oh, excuse me, governor, I got a text. You're not going to do that. So why is it with the people that matter the most to you, are you so willing to interrupt conversations and meaningful interactions? Excuse me, I got a tweet. Excuse me, I got to check Facebook. You say, Pastor, that everybody does that. It seems so small. Yeah, but this is what's happening to our relationships, just chip, chip, chipping away at the foundation of honor. Another way that we can show honor is by serving other people. I mean, know everybody's serving on the dream team today. If it's in the parking lot or if it's an usher or somebody on the media team, they are honoring you by their service, right? Serve other people. Be on time is a way to honor people. When you're on time, you're honoring their time. I'm preaching now. How about keeping your word, right? If you say something, mean it, fulfill it, right? That's a way of honoring people. We honor people with our words. We honor people with our actions. You say, Pastor, so small. You know what Solomon said? Solomon said, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's a bunch of these little things that are, that are harming our relationships. But if, we'll, if we will decide to show honor with our actions, you're going to have strong relationships. Good preaching, Pastor Wayne. Thank you very much. With your permission, I'll keep going. Honor with your words, honor with your actions, and I think this is huge. You need to give honor before it's earned. Give honor before it's earned. In our culture, the thinking is, you know what? I'll respect you when you respect me. 
You know, if you want respect, you got to show me respect. I'm not going to honor you unless you honor me. Now, that sounds right to our culture. There's only one problem with that. It's not biblical. That is not godly thinking. And if we're going to learn to think like sons and not like slaves, in the Old Testament, God brought them out of Egypt, and then he wanted to train them to stop thinking like slaves, to start thinking like sons. we got to start aligning our thinking with God's word and not what the culture says. Come on, somebody. And so that means that we have to decide to think God's thoughts. So how do you honor dishonorable people? Because let's be honest, some people are jerks. Some of you work for jerks. Some of you go to school with rude people. Some of your parents weren't nice. They didn't do it right. Pastor, how do I honor people who are dishonorable? It really is simple. You simply choose to. Because God says to. Matter of fact, I think this will help you. The way to honor someone is to see them the way God sees them, not the way you see them. If you truly want to honor somebody, you got to see people the way God sees them, not the way you see them. Honor begins with God's view of that person, not yours. Now, this is something that God does, and he did it many times in the Bible. I want you to think about this. God gives honor before it's deserved. Remember, about, remember Abraham in the Old Testament? When his name was Abram, the Bible says that he lied to a king about his wife. Oh, she's my sister. Now, why did he do that? Because he didn't want to get killed. That's not very honorable, right? But God, doesn't, God looks deep into Abraham's life and sees a man of faith. And here's what God says about Abraham. He says, no longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Now, in that culture, having heirs, specifically sons, was the greatest respect of honor. But at this time, Abraham didn't have any heirs. But by faith, God honors Abraham as a father of many nations. Can you guess what happened to Abraham? He did become a father of many nations. Give honor before it's deserved. How about Gideon? Remember in Judges, God says of Gideon, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. It's kind of funny because when God said that to the mighty warrior, he was hiding, trying not to get killed. And God does not say to Gideon, you're a chicken. You're a coward. What kind of man are you? God did not speak words of dishonor. God spoke words of honor. He looked deep into Gideon's life, and he saw his future. He spoke it into life. Come on, somebody. He gave him honor before he deserved it. And what happened? Those words of honor met up with Gideon, and he had one of the greatest military victories of all time. Is anybody here today? What I'm saying is, we're called to honor people even when they're not perfect. I read some time ago that a panel of women debated on who they thought was the perfect man. You'd have thought that uh, it might be a famous actor or a wealthy tycoon, but the final conclusion of the panel was that the perfect man actually was... Mr. Potato Head. <clears throat> now, here's the reasoning. He's tan, he's cute, 
He knows the importance of accessorizing. And if he looks at another girl, you can rearrange his face. <laughs> Perfect man. Now, what I'm trying to tell you is there's going to be some teachers, there's going to be some bosses, there's going to be some coaches, there's going to be some family members that you're not going to feel like honoring. I call it the honor test. But God says give honor before they deserve it. Now, why would God command us to do something like that? Let me give you a couple reasons. First of all, when we honor people, it adds value to the person you're honoring. Remember, words give life. Remember what happened to Abraham? God called him a father of many nations. That's exactly what happened. What happened to Gideon? God called him a mighty warrior. That's what he became. Words are like prophecy that we can speak into men and women's life, and they can become that. It gives them an opportunity to rise to that, those words that you speak into their lives. Does anybody hear me today? When you honor people, you bring out the best in people. There's your tweet for the day. Are you ready? When you honor people, you bring out the best in people. When you dishonor, you bring out the worst in people. Speak life. Amen? Now, not only does it add value to the person that you honor, but it adds value to your life as well. The Bible says when you honor other people, it adds value to your life. This is powerful. Because when we honor other people with our words and with our actions, it benefits us. I've got three more scriptures, and then we're going to pray. I'm trying to give you hope today. Are you ready? Let me, get, let me show you the first one. The scripture says in Ephesians, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may be long-lived on the earth. Now, God says, that, listen, by the way, he's quoting the Ten Commandments which means in the top 10 of all the things that God had to say to his people, honor made the top 10. That means it's a big deal. God says, honor your father and your mother. Now, there's a promise. The promise is that, you'll go, that things are gonna go well with you and you're gonna live a long life. Because after all, who wants to live a long life if things aren't going well with you, right? He says, you're gonna, things are gonna go well with you. He goes, this is, isn't even about your parents. And it's not even about if they were a good parent or a bad parent. If they did it right or if they didn't do it right, this is ultimately about you so that it may go well with you. Now, how many of you have, have ever seen children from the same family? With one of them, things go well. And with another, things don't go well. One of them honors their father and their mother. The other doesn't. Come on, somebody. The level of honor you give is the level of favor you receive. Romans 13, here's another scripture. Let every soul be subject, and that's the same word as honor in the New Testament. Let every soul be subject or honor governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority or dishonors the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. You see, uh, if you don't honor people in authority, the Bible says it will bring judgment on your life. You don't want that. Dishonor has a high price. Rebellion has a high price. Come on, somebody. I want to recommend a book to you about honor that, that I think will, it, it literally has the power to change your life. John Bevere wrote a book years ago called Honor's Reward. 
This is a great thing for you to read. It's an excellent thing. If you've got teenagers in your house, young adults, you have them read this book. Matter of fact, why don't you go through it as a family? Do a little devotional together. Go through this book together. And what you're going to be doing is you're going to be setting up your kids for success. Because honor and success go together. Anybody with me today? I'm going to give you one more. This is straight from Jesus. Are you ready? In Luke chapter 2, verse 51, the Bible says he went down with them, talking about his parents, and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. There's that word again, that same word for honor. He honored them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. Watch this. This is powerful. The Bible says that Jesus gave honor to his parents. He honored others. He became subject to them. He honored them. And how many know at any point Jesus could have said, I've won up to you. I'm the son of God. Who do you think you are? But the scripture says, honor one another above yourselves. Jesus actually elevated people above himself. Are you getting this? Before they deserved it. What happened? The Bible says... He had favor with God. He had favor with people. That second part is called relationships. Am I in the right church today? Let me close with this statement right here. Are you ready? This is powerful. The more honor you show others, the more favor God will show you. Your life just changed if you grabbed hold of this one right here. I said your life just changed. If you will actually do the hard work of honoring people with your words and with your actions and you give them honor before they deserve it. Spouses, listen close. I want you to lean in. We're gonna pray here in just a few seconds. I want you to lean in and give me your, give me your attention, all right? Would you honor me? Would you honor God by giving me your attention? Spouses, if you'll learn to honor one another with your words and with your actions, God's gonna give favor to your marriage. And watch this. He'll pour out his favor on your kids. You're gonna see that favor begin to blossom in your children and your children's children. Come on, somebody. Um, students, kids, if you're in here, if you're watching online, listen, if you want your life to go well, honor your father and your mother with your words and with your actions. The scripture says, this is a promise. It will go well with you. I love that. Um, employees, <laughs> if you'll honor your bosses and your supervisors and your coworkers with your words and with your actions, that means you show up on time, you don't complain about them, you do your work, you give your best, you do it with excellence, you know what's gonna happen to you? God's gonna show favor on your work and where you work. Am I in the right place today? Students, if you'll honor your teacher, if you'll honor your coaches, if you'll honor your principals, the people in authority in your life, you know what's gonna happen to you? God's gonna show favor uh, on your team. God's gonna show favor at school. God's gonna show favor wherever you go. Listen, honor is a, is a choice. And when we choose to obey God's word, all of our relationships begin to Blossom. Let me put it this way. I'll try to put a fixer-upper bow on it. If you want to fix up 
all of your relationships, choose to honor people with your words and with your actions, even if they don't deserve it. Let me say that again. If you want to fix up all of your relationships, if you want to go from a rundown home to a dream home, start right here. Speak words of honor. Show actions of honor, even if they don't deserve it. You know what's going to happen? Everything's going to begin to change. Now listen, it's not going to change overnight, but it's going to change. And those relationships that are kind of shaky and kind of like maybe they kind of look like this right now, all of a sudden you're going to begin to put block upon block and you're going to restore that foundation. And here's what's going to happen as we talk about the rest of these principles. All of a sudden something's going to begin to build in your life and it's going to look good. It's going to be strong. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes and listen closely. I want you to take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me about this message? What are you speaking to me about in this message? I want you to pray it right now, right where you're at. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Who in your life do you need to do a better job of honoring? If you've spoken any of those devastating words, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, forgive me, God. I want you to do it right now. Just say, Lord, forgive me for any words of dishonor that have come out of my mouth, actions of dishonor. Forgive me, God. I want you to begin to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, show me how to honor the people in my life. Show me how to honor the people at my house. Show me how to honor the people that I work with. Show me how to honor people. Help me to speak your words, words of life, words of hope, words of strength. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Can I tell you that honor is about putting something first? And really, that's what salvation is. Salvation is not simply believing in Jesus. Salvation is giving him the place of honor in your life. Jesus first. God first. Can I tell you that the beginning of every of all of the change in your life is to put God first, put him in the place of honor. And let me, let me speak pretty boldly. If Jesus is not first place in your life, he is in a place of dishonor. And that's sin. So if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor, Jesus is not in the place of honor in my life. He's in a place of dishonor. Today I want to pray with you, and I, I simply want to invite you to surrender your heart and life to Jesus Christ. If you'll do that, I want you to pray this very simple prayer with me, and everybody that would like to join and encourage everyone around them, I want you to pray this way. Would you simply pray, dear God, I love you. I want to show you that I love you with my words and with my actions. Please forgive me of the sins I've committed and for not putting you first. Today, I put you in the place of honor in my life. You're first. I trust you to save me from my sin. You died and rose again so that I could be saved. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Holy Spirit, from this day forward, Help me follow Jesus every day of my life. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Would you give God praise for the work of the Holy Spirit in this place today? Amen. 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 If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it online or jump on the website at graceassembly.org and click the giving link so that we can continue to spread the message of Jesus all around the world. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next week.